Today's episode is titled, Your Home Internet Castle. Podcasting from Boise, Idaho. You're listening to The Cyber Chronicles with cybersecurity evangelist Nate Long. Having walked through the valley of the shadow of the internet for 21 years, Nate is using his expertise to make cybersecurity available to everyone. Back in the day, a long time ago, before cell phones enslaved our every moment, there used to be a physical wire that brought internet access to your home. To be clear, that physical wire still exists. Stay with me for a moment and I'll explain. All traffic to and from the internet flowed through that physical cable. You could establish a perimeter of sorts by simply using that single point of entry as a gateway. You may have brought both internet access and cable TV in on the same coaxial cable, and then split off the TV signal to your TV and your internet access to what was likely your single home computer. My, how things have changed, eh? Now, according to CIO.com, the typical household has 10 connected devices. And it is estimated that by 2022, each person in the U.S. will own an average of 13.6 connected devices. Not only does this mean that our attack surface, the sum of all potential vectors of attack, has grown exponentially, but many of these devices no longer depend on your single point of home internet access for their connectivity. Establishing a secure perimeter a moat around your home, if you will, has become practically impossible. Assuming for a moment that you could fashion a secure perimeter around your home, half of the devices are mobile and so don't stay within your perimeter. While outside your network, they may become vulnerable to compromise, only to then bring a rat, a remote access tunnel, or worm back inside your theoretically secure environment to either propagate themselves or proactively reach out to the hostile world. So what can an appropriately paranoid person do to protect their home network, their kids' privacy, their personal data, and their family reputation? Some of you may remember personal firewalls like Zone Alarm or Tiny Firewall. Regrettably, Tiny Firewall is long gone, but Zone Alarm is still around and now owned by Checkpoint Software the renowned Israeli cybersecurity company. But it turns out there's a whole host of options available for helping to keep your family safe. In fact, there is no way I can cover them all, so I'm going to pick a few fairly simple, high-value things you may want to implement at your house. Firewalls. They're not really just firewalls anymore, but some sort of personal security software that runs on each laptop and or desktop and provides local security is a good idea. Typical solutions should include antivirus, anti-ransomware, web filtering, privacy, and malicious traffic detection. Competing products may have slightly different names for these capabilities, but they do essentially the same thing. In this category, there are a ton of players. Some of the more innovative and interesting include Sophos, 
Webroot, and Heimdall Security. Intriguingly, Microsoft Windows Defender is currently one of the best endpoint products on the market, and it comes for free. It lacks some of the more specialized functionality, but it's been in the top three for malware catch rates for quite some time now. Wi-Fi or router gateways. While your mobile devices, phones, tablets, sometimes laptops, likely have cellular connectivity to the Internet, there is still a good chance that you have a cable, DSL, or fiber connection to the Internet that comes into your home via a single physical connection. That connection, whether it terminates into a modem or router-switch-modem combo of one sort or another, is still a place where protections for the entire network can be applied. They're not as effective as they may once have been, given that some of the devices often have a connection to the Internet via cellular, but this is still a single choke point, if you will, where security is essential. There are many, many options out there, many of which are solid and reliable. No matter which one you utilize, many folks will likely use the model provided by their ISP. You should most certainly not use the default username and password, which in days of yore were frequently admin-admin. These days, especially in ISP-provided Wi-Fi routers, a unique username and password may be printed on your router. That is most likely fine to use. Many routers come with some sort of gateway-level security built in. It may be from Bitdefender, for example. Evaluate carefully whether the security value provided is worth the price you will pay on a monthly basis. Within your router will likely be a suite of configurable options, including port blocking, MAC address filtering, and DNS settings. MAC address filtering allows you to specifically define what devices are able to connect to your wireless network. This can be a pain if your kids' friends are constantly bringing a whole string of devices into your home. But it does ensure that only those devices you specifically allow are able to join your network. There's a very good chance you will be able to enable a default grouping of port blocking choices, perhaps low, medium, or high, for example. I default to high whenever possible, but keep in mind that these are rather sweeping policies and may have unintended consequences. Also, you may forget that you've configured this firewall only to later realize that a specific device or functionality is no longer working. Hey, why did chat on the Xbox stop working? That kind of stuff. I had a specific manufacturer's box that made a change to their policy with a firmware upgrade and suddenly stopped permitting IMAP traffic. It was really irritating trying to track down why Outlook stopped sending and receiving email when nothing I was aware of had changed on my end. Ultimately, I was forced to drop from high firewall level to low firewall level on that device. Shortly thereafter, I bought a new gateway. Get to know the web UI or the portal of your gateway and decide if you feel comfortable with the controls it gives you. Finally, I mentioned that your gateway will provide an option to substitute at a network level the DNS servers that your traffic will point to for domain name resolution. That's figuring out the IP address that is attached to, I don't know, Patagonia.com, for example. DNS can be handled globally at the gateway or it can be configured specifically on each individual device. However, as I began to think this through, I realized that explaining the options and potential issues here is going to require an article of its own dedicated to DNS. Stay tuned for that. It'll be a postseason bonus episode and likely come out in November. 
Web Content Filtering. Okay, lots of fun to be had on this topic. I'm going to cut to the chase a bit by simply describing my personal philosophy. You can feel free to agree or disagree, but whatever you decide, you'll come away with some ideas for how to implement what strikes you as sensible. Like the world itself, there is a whole lot of wonderful stuff and dark corners on the Internet. As such, when mediated by a loving, involved, educated adult, the Internet can serve well as a microcosm for training children to cultivate their taste and train their discernment. In other words, while my goal for my kids was that they be able to cross the street safely on their own, eventually, when they were two, they had to hold my hand. Kept safe by loving restriction, they began to learn their way around a potentially dangerous environment by observation first, with limited exposure to the potential dangers. We gradually lifted the degree of restriction in concert with education, discussion, and practice. They moved from crossing the street hand in my hand to crossing next to me, but me declaring when we should cross, to them taking responsibility to declare when we should go, but still with me next to them, to the day when I stayed on the couch and said, be careful crossing the street. And eventually, I never mentioned the street when I answered, sure, you can bike to your friend's house. I've labored to take the same approach with the Internet. My goal is that they will develop a growing awareness of the various dangers of the Internet, while at the same time cultivating a taste for the wholesome, beautiful, true, and winsome. There was a day when all they could get to was pbskids.org, a day when I opened up chat capability, a day when they could browse YouTube, etc. The tools available for making this possible have been frequently frustrating over time, but there are now some tools doing a phenomenal, intricate, diverse, and user-friendly job. There are a variety of tools intended to be installed on an individual device, but I'd like to highlight an entire network approach. OpenDNS Family Shield, utilized at the network gateway, is an example of this approach, and it's available at no cost. It may not be the best solution, but it can be a layer in your approach. Similar solutions include Yandex.dns, Quad9, and Clean Browsing. However, what I'm trying to get to here is called the Circle. This solution can be used as a standalone, add-on device, although in my testing this did not work as well, or be integrated into a Wi-Fi router gateway like the Netgear Nighthawk. And of this approach, I'm an enthusiastic customer. For each person and device in the home, you can set up specific permissions using a handy-dandy iOS or Android app. Permissions are robustly diverse and include options to apply settings in either a broad-based or specific fashion. Settings include what level of filter. General, for example, you could select kid, toddler, or adult. With the ability to either apply the wholesale filter or make specific exceptions to block or allow specifics ranging from an individual website to allowing or denying entire categories like videos, online games, email, education. You can create a bedtime with variations per day. You can do a total utilization limit, and you have the ability to give awards of more time playing games or another hour of Internet access. The flexibility and intricacy this tool permits is amazing. I could safely provide access for a toddler or filter only dangerous and hateful websites for my wife and I. No web filter is perfectly reliable, 
If you don't specifically block reddit.com, for example, the circle is not going to block individual channels from within Reddit, and there is quite a mix of valuable and distasteful material on Reddit. But you have the option to permit or block the entire domain based on what makes sense for your home environment. Talk about timing. My phone just buzzed with this notification. Daughter X has reached their 4 hour and 30 minute daily time limit. So as a dutiful parent, I'm sending a text message. Hey, go enjoy some sunshine. Join us next time for Episode 8, VPNs, Yes or No?